We'll get started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 55, and I am your gracious host, Jake Kerr. Now, you're probably wondering, what shirt are you wearing, Jake? Well, I'm glad you asked. This, of course, is the Purpose Tea, which is always, well, now and always available on blackink.com.au, which is my website. And if you have any trouble finding it, just go to one of my posts on Instagram or Facebook and find it through the shop on there. It's a piece of this. You'll find it. You'll buy yourself one. You'll have heaps of fun in it. And then you'll come back to me in about a year's time and you'll say, Jake, I want to thank you for telling me in the 55th episode of your Black Ink podcast that you were wearing the Purpose Tea because I too went out and got myself one and enjoyed every single day that I've spent in it. So... For future you, you're welcome, okay? Now, you're probably wondering why I didn't deliver an episode this morning because for me, it's the 26th of October at the moment, which is Tuesday, and you're not hearing this until at least Wednesday because, as you know, I run an episode behind. And that is because yesterday was absolutely fucking crazy for me, okay? Now, starting from the start, I uh, I spoke to you a little while ago about how I get myself in a bit of a fucking uproar when I... um. When I have things that are on my mind that I know I need to do and I don't know how to do them. And obviously the thing at the moment that I'm facing, that I'm tackling, if you will, is the skill of screen printing of which I am teaching myself essentially from videos on YouTube and the little bit of advice that I got from the people that sold me my screen printer. But otherwise, I'm learning through trial and error. And furthermore, I get to learn in this very delicate stage of business, which is in the early days, how to do it. And every fucking mistake that I make is literally money coming out of my pocket. So it's kind of like high stakes learning with something that if I, you know, actually pull it off, then in the long run, it's, it's going to be super beneficial, obviously, for my business, both financially and as far as the brand is concerned, because I'm bringing everything in house, all of that production. So super fun, uh, kind of tumultuous, semi-pressure situation that I'm getting through. But I must admit, I'm still, I put myself under a lot of stress. I put myself under a lot of pressure. Not necessarily to not make mistakes, but I just want it to look like I knew what I was doing from the get-go. Now, if you're following the whole story, obviously those first 20 hand-printed tees, the OP design, which is... Do I have any of them behind me? I don't, but you know the design, the main design. Um, I've just got to like my second round of printing those. The first round, I think I printed 13 of them. So yesterday, I think I printed another 11 tees because I had obviously that batch of 20 to finish, which are all pre-sold. And then I had another two or three on top of that of OPTs that people have bought since I did that release. So to give you an idea, and and, I say this a lot, the point of my podcast is to give you absolute, complete transparency with what's going on with my brand and business. So here is what's going on at the moment. Now, I have those 20 orders. Um, along with those 20 orders, some people, those 20 orders I'm talking about, those 20 hand printed tees. I had some people order various things on top of that. So they bought the tea and they, maybe they bought another tea or they bought a hat or whatever it might be. So obviously I've got all of those to do as well. Um, I just did a re-release of the hockey Jersey. Now you may have even missed out on this because it was like a 24 hour fucking flash in the pan thing that I said, look, anyone who's interested who missed out, I'm going to be re-releasing the hockey Jersey, but I'm only doing a pre-order batch. I'm not going to be ordering in a stock that you can then buy off me. So essentially, if you want one, you have to speak now, forever hold your peace sort of thing. So what I did, I fucking, I made a link on my website. I sold, it was only open for 24 hours and I sold however however many of them that I sold. But um, yeah, so I've got, I think I sold 11 and then someone jumped in and bought, bought one right as it fucking closed. Maybe, I forget. So say, you know, I got 12 there and obviously there's people in there who as well, they bought a jersey and they bought themselves a couple t-shirts, they bought themselves a hat or they bought themselves some socks at the same time. And then I've just got the regular orders that come in every day that are just, you know, two of these shirts, one of these shirts, one of those hats, one of those jumpers. So 
at the moment, I'll admit it, I'm behind the eight ball. I'm definitely behind the eight ball. Um, I'm confident that it doesn't mean anything because being behind the eight ball in this particular situation means that I've got a whole lot of learning to do ahead of me. But once I learn all of that, once I can apply it, then I'm not going to be behind the eight ball because it's just going to be a case of, um, you know, just keeping up with the orders as they come in. And I was having to think about this yesterday. Now, the whole point that I'm making is yesterday, I did a bunch of screen printing, which I want to talk about as well, because I did learn some things yesterday. But I was also thinking yesterday because, you know, obviously doing all of this, it comes down to a system, you know, even screen printing itself is a system, you have to do step one, two, three, four, five, and so on. And then, you know, the actual act of screen printing is one step that's part of a bigger system, you know, so if we look at that, then what that system might be, you know, the customer finds the product, uh, buys the product, I get the order, I create the order and I send it out. And obviously screen printing fits into creating the order. So one part of business, and this is something that I'm, I'm finding at the moment, I'm kind of side shifting a lot of my attention out of trying to create products and promote them. I'm putting a lot of energy into creating systems for my business that are gonna make me with, withstand maybe bumps in the future or even developing systems and procedures so that if, if and when I get people coming to work for me, I can say, well, this is how I do things. And it's not just one of those systems where someone comes into a workshop and the boss is frantically walking around going like, oh yeah, and we keep the brooms over there. And if you ever need to do this job, just come and get me and I'll do the first bit, you can finish it off. But the first bit's really hard and I've got to do it myself and I hate that bullshit, right? Everything within my business shouldn't be based around how fucking brilliant I am at doing it. It should be relatively simple tasks that I can teach other people to do, therefore freeing up my time when I can make a financially viable decision to hire someone to do the things that I'm doing right now. So. As I go through these processes, obviously trying to designate some sort of system within learning how to teach yourself how to screen print is a bit, you know, it's going to be rocky no matter how you approach that because it is one of those things where you're learning. You can't be applying, you can't be building something around something while you're learning. You're just kind of taking notes and building a bit of a structure in your mind that maybe later on when you're developing the system, you can apply all those things to. But the thing that I mean, screen printing is probably not a good example because I am so green in it. But as far as like, you know, I've probably got about six months now of experience with orders coming in and having to deal with those orders and all the rest. And I mean, it's probably difficult to understand from the outside point of view that you go like, yeah, you get orders in and then, you, you know, you make it or you get it out of the box and then you send them out. But it's, I mean, oh, there's there's so many different sides to this though. I mean, if we just look at the fact that like with every order, I handwrite you a card, a little message, you know, if I know you personally, I want to get an inside joke. If I don't know you personally, I want to develop some sort of connection with you. I want you to, you know, really know that this came from someone. It didn't come from something. It came from someone. Someone cared about your order enough to put all this together for you. I mean, I, even when I had, I, even when I was outsourcing my teas before they went to you, I still steam them, turn them inside out, look at all the fucking corners, make sure everything's good. I make sure the quality is right. I check it. I steam it. I fold it. I put it in a paper bag. I write your card. I mean, even when I didn't have my cards, which if you're already a customer, you know, I've got my little thank you cards that I write on that go in an envelope that's got all my information on it. But before that, I was writing on little wedding cards, you know, just little black cards. I was writing on them with gold texture and I'd fold them over and put them in the thing for you. So, I mean, from day one, it's always been quite a important part of the whole, st the, part, of the, part of the whole fucking thing that I'm developing here is to create that experience. You know what I mean? And I mean, to me, what you receive in the mail is as important as the post that you see that gets you energized to buy the thing. 
So it's like, I don't want to do, I don't want to have a really strong fucking front of the business where you're like, oh, the website's creamy, the fucking, you know, I know, I feel like I know Jake through his podcast or through his Instagram or through his Facebook or whatever it is. I, it looks like he makes really cool things. The price is within my price range and I'll buy it, rah, rah, rah. I bought it and everything worked on the website. It's all good. And then you get some fucking shirt that's wrapped in plastic that obviously, you know, fucking a hundred of those came in a box from some place in fucking Punjab or whatever. Like, I don't, I, I would hate for you to think that the back end of the business is shit. So part of the whole like receiving orders and ditch, ditch dispatch process, like a lot of it is really hands-on and kind of Louie. Louie, hey, 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 Louie. Louie, Louie, Louie. She hears a Harley and she thinks it me. it's me, even though I'm sitting right here behind her. So you get to hear her barking for a minute or so, you know? But the dispatch process of... um of my business, I really do take a lot of time kind of making sure that it's right. And oh, the amount of times that I've like almost let something go and brought it back and opened up the bag and like, you know, just little things like, and this is, this is almost to the point where it doesn't even matter that much, but it matters to me. Like when you fold a two XL shirt and you try and fit it into one of the paper bags that I deliver my stuff in, um, you have to fold it a particular way. You can't fold it the same way as everything else. Cause it's got too much, um, width in it and it doesn't like pack down nicely. Um, and I remember the first time this happened, I had like five or six of them going out in a batch of 20, you know, 20 something. And I went through, opened up all of them throughout all of the bags, refolded all of the shirts and then put them all back in. And that's just, I mean, it's just a classic example of like the sort of attention that I give to, you know, sending things out. And look, man, as I said, I'm not fucking blowing myself up here. I'm not trying to say, oh, look how good my business is. This is one of those situations where before any of this was happening, I said to myself, like, well, if I was running a business and I was doing this sort of thing, then this is how I would want to do it. And the cool thing about running your own business is you literally get the opportunity to do exactly what you want to do. And sometimes you learn the lesson. You go, oh, the reason why every other business doesn't do this is because it takes a massive amount of time or it costs a lot of money or fill in the blank. But some of the times you realize that like, oh, other businesses don't do this because that's just not the business that they're running, you know, like... I have more emphasis on, I would rather have a hundred really good customers than a thousand so-so customers. Because I mean, financially, we've already spoken in the past about how I feel financially about my business. I want to make enough money to live. If I made enough money to buy a nice house in my local town, that's what the fuck it's all about. I'm not trying to buy a mansion in Perth. I'm not trying to move to the US unless I'm going to Sturgis once a year with my boys. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to move. I'm just trying to have enough money to do the things that I want to do, provide a life for my friends and family that allows them to that allows them to join in with me. But besides that, I would much rather have a business that is built around delivering the best possible quality products that I can deliver along with the accessories and the extras and all the shit that I can add to the whole process. As much value as I can add to the product before giving it to the customer. That's the sort of business that I want to run. And I'm learning that not only can I do it, but I am doing it. You know, I am doing it. And I mean, even when it, even when I talk about like, I've, I've had three changes in the sort of shirt that I use. Hang on to that. Uh, yeah, so I've had three different shirts that I've used in the six, seven or eight months that I've been back up and running. The black ink's been a thing. And, you know, even then it's like the shirt that I started with, I kind of knew that I wasn't happy with it. But that's the shirt that I finished using, you know, four or five years ago. So that was just what I knew. I went straight to that and I was like, well, this is the shirt that I want to use experimented with another shirt, realized that I was going to get a better finish, even though it's cost me a little bit more money. I went to that shirt because I knew it was still within my price range. I didn't have to adjust any of the pricing of my products. And then when I found an even better shirt, I went to that shirt again. So it's like, not even that like, oh, it works. 
you know, it's not broken, don't fix it, don't look at it, it doesn't even matter sort of thing. It's like, well, hang on, if I hear whispers of something that I can do just a little bit better, then tell me what you need to tell me. You know what I mean? Tell me what you need to tell me. By the way, I've got fucking 40 things that I want to talk about. I came in here not even thinking that I was going to have anything to talk about, but let's just fucking, let's keep this gravy train rolling, okay? I'm just going to write down something. Uh, uh, yep, so we'll come back to that. We'll talk about, um, that's right. So yesterday, yesterday was an interesting day. I uh, the, the forecast was shitty weather, which is good because uh, you might not know, but in screen printing, you're basically fighting heat and uh, moving air. So basically... When air's moving, if you have a fan on, if you have an aircon on and there's circulation in the room, that's gonna dry out your ink quicker. And one of the main things that you're fighting when you're doing screen printing is not having your ink dry on you. Because when your ink dries, obviously you have to clean your screen out, you know, get the ink moving again. You might have to break it down with some water or whatever it might be, kind of bring it back to life sort of thing. But the reality is you're trying to move nice and quickly and you're trying to work in a reasonably, not cold, but fresh environment so that you don't have that you know, you don't have your ink kind of setting. And don't forget, the thing that, uh, the difference between your ink just washing out in the washing machine when you wash it and it not washing out is treating it with heat. So when, I, when I'm when i finished screen printing on it, I hit it with a heat gun to seal that ink and then I go and cook it for four minutes at 140 degrees in my in my heat press to, to bond that ink to the shirt and to create that nice seal onto the cotton, which means that I can then go and scrub it with a fucking scrubbing brush under water and it's not going to come out. If I scrubbed it with a scrubbing brush with water before I've done any of that heat treatment, it's not all going to come out, but a good like 80, 90% of it will come out. So it's good in that if I make a fuck up, I can kind of save a shirt. But in the same way, it's kind of bad in that like, you know, it's a water-based thing. So you just have to be considerate of the fact that like water can fuck it up. You know what I mean? So anyway, anyway, <clears throat> getting back to the to the bigger point here, I kind of gave it my duty to like start screen printing at about eight o'clock in the morning because I thought, well, if I can hit this with as much speed as I can, as early as I can, hopefully, I mean, ideally I can have these shirts fucking, the rest of these shirts printed, have the, the numbers that I was talking about on the inside of the, you know, to verify that it's one of the T's. I put a little one of 20 or two of 20 on the inside here to verify that it's one of those official first hand printed T's. I could get those transfers done. I could get them steamed. I can get them folded, bag, ready to post. And hopefully I can even have them in the post by, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, do a couple local deliveries that I know the boys around town want, um, you know, that have ordered them and selected local delivery. And I can start to dust my hands of this bloody original 20 OP hand printed tea. So I got an early start. I got a fucking wicked run and I got them all printed super early, which is great. I think I had them printed by about 10, 1030. Um, and of course, you know, dad calls up and says, oh, you wouldn't be able to give me a hand bloody with some yard work after I finish work. And it's like, hey, of course, bro. I haven't got heaps of work on. Why not? I'll come around. How fun is that? So I fucking, so it's like 10.30. I got them all printed. And, and you know, like the wash up takes a certain amount of time. The last time I did it, it took me fucking two hours. And, and man, I don't even know what I was doing last time. It didn't take me two hours this time. I got heaps more efficient at washing up. And I also got heaps more efficient at not making a mess this time, which is a fucking huge part of it. You know, I mean, obviously you want to learn how to do the damn thing, but then there's also doing it without, you know, with doing it and not being at the cost of like all of the floor and putting heaps of ink on the screen and your squeegee having ink all over it and your gloves having ink all over them. You want to work reasonably clean all the time. And yesterday, even though it was like my, you know, well, officially, it was only the second time I really ever screen printed. I think I did reasonably well as far as keeping things clean and making the whole process kind of, 
just what it needs to be and not having like four or five different tools dirty when you only needed one and not going through 20 pairs of gloves just having gloves just having like you know two pairs the dirty pair and the clean pair but um the one thing that i did realize yesterday is i'm learning with uh you know subpar equipment okay and it sounds like i'm taking a shot i'm not at all okay so the things that i bought the package that i bought off the people that i bought it off let me start by saying they looked after me as much as they possibly could. They sold me a screen printer. They gave me, they sold me probably 20 uh, screens that I can use. They then loaded five or six of those screens with my designs. Some of them they did twice, so just in case I fuck up, the ones that I use most often. Um, they gave me a heater. They gave me a fucking, uh, the best part of like 60 different color inks over there. Half of them are water-based, half of them oil-based. Uh, they gave me a light table. So much, so, so much, okay? So firstly, I mean, if you're listening, guys, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I can't begin to thank, thank you for the beginning that you've given Black Ink, which is what this is, okay? But here's my but. Screens can be used over and over and over and over again. Depending on how rough you are on them and depending on your particular practices and processes, they can be used so many times, right? Until they eventually wear out. Because all you're doing is, is putting emulsion on it, putting a negative on it, exposing it to light, washing it all off, running ink through it probably 100, 200 times, and then washing that emulsion out and starting again. That's the whole process of a screen. So a screen can genuinely last a long time. Now, just in case you don't know, I'll get a screen for you. This is a screen, right? So as you can see, we have a wooden frame which goes around the outside. We then have, now this screen has actually been glued to the frame as you can see around here well, you probably can't see you just got to take my word for it but that's been glued sometimes it's just stapled on just holds this this kind of screeny material to the wood right and this wood is just you know obviously the, the most important part about this is the wood has to be integral it has to be treated so that you can wash it with water it's not going to warp and twist and all the rest but the idea is you've got a nice square wooden frame you've got the screen on it and then you've got your your actual exposed design on it right and all this is just tape around it so you're not exposing too much of your short to potential leaks and uh, and having like ink on there that you don't want right so as you can imagine that particular screen might have had 10 20 different designs on it before and it might have had a thousand passes of ink through it now it doesn't matter how careful you are you're eventually going to get holes in that screen and that wood is eventually going to lose a little bit a little bit of its shape and you're also going to have the fact that because there's been so many designs on it before, you're going to see shapes and all the rest inside your design that aren't necessarily going to translate to the shirt when you pull ink through, but they're going to be, unless you're, you know, really vigilant of it, they're kind of confusing. And obviously for me at this stage, I don't know, like, is that something that, you know, was there from a past design or is that some ink that's got blocked up in the screen or is that just a little bit of fucking moisture that's came from somewhere? I don't know. But the thing that I'm learning is, is that like all of these screens have the same thing. They all have, you know, 20 different colors on the inside of the wood where you can see all different colors have been used on different pools that they've done with different screens. And it occurred to me, if you get good using this equipment, you know what I mean? Like all these inks that I got, I don't know how long they've been sitting around. The one that I'm using, I don't know if it's the right fucking viscosity of what you need. The fucking squeegee that I used to pull the ink through was made by the guy who did this. And I'm not saying he doesn't make good squeegees. I'm just saying the fact that he made it and it's not one out of a shop that's been, you know, made by someone who that's all they do is make squeegee sort of thing. It leads me to believe that if you get good at this with this equipment, by the time I can justify spending the money on a new screen and a new squeegee and the new inks and all the rest, 
I'm going to be a fucking animal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see this as, you know, I talk about uh, the guys that, uh, you know, I, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people do. I'm involved with Perth Outdoor Rollerblading, which is a, a community of rollerbladers and roller skaters in Perth that are connected via a group called Perth Outdoor Rollerblading on Facebook. They're about three, three and a half thousand members strong. They meet every Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday for group skates in and around the city. And basically, that's just an ever-growing community of people who are in, you know, interested and involved in rollerblading and roller skating in an outdoor arena sort of thing. So the thing that I find the most, uh, the most asked question within that community on the online forum, which is the Facebook page, is... I'm about to get these skates or I'm about to, you know, get back into skating sort of thing. What skate should I get? Or do you think these skates are a good fit? In my honest opinion, and this does translate to what I'm talking about. In my honest opinion, the answer is just get whatever you can afford, right? Don't put yourself out and spend an extra $200 trying to get the next model up or the next wheel size up or the better brand or this or that, because you can give me the shittiest, cheapest pair of Kmart skates and I will still skate on them. As long as the wheels roll and they don't give me blisters, and even when they give you blisters, there's ways to figure that out as well, just go and get good on whatever you can afford. Because then that'll give you enough time to save up all your money for the pair of skates that you do want, whichever ones you think you need to have. By the time you go and get them, you'll actually be able to fucking skate. You know what I mean? Now, cross-reference it, right? Make it fucking contextual. I'm getting there, all right? If I went out and bought a brand new screen right now, if I went out and got a brand new squeegee, shit, if I went out and bought all new tubs of ink, what would be the difference? I'd still be fucking slow at doing it. I still would have no idea, right? The only thing that changes is any fuck-ups that come post-buying those things, I know are directly my fault. They're not because the screen is old. They're not because the ink sets too quickly because it's fucking 10 years old or it doesn't have any thinners in or whatever it might be. I know that it isn't because the squeegee is applying inconsistent pressure because there's a little fucking minuscule thing on the rubber that we can't see with our eye, but it's there because it's not fucking squeegee rubber, whatever you want. Like the only thing that I'm going to get is I know directly those fuck ups are going to be because of me because all of the equipment is new, right? So when I think about this logically, I go, well, if I can get a perfect result, which I did at least once yesterday, I know that's not a very good fucking kill to death ratio, having one out of 13 or 11 tops or whatever it is succeed. But the fact is I got one perfect, which means that I can get 13 perfect, which means that it's possible to do it with the equipment that I have, which also means that by the time I can afford to, you know, by the time I can justify spending the money on all that new equipment, I'm going to be spending it with confidence. Because I know that that money is being spent on equipment that I know how to use, right? And I mean, the bit of information that we're all missing here is you're probably going like, oh, well, you know, you own a brand. You just told me that you've sold fucking 12 jerseys. You just said that you've got 20 of these tees, right, right. I live hand to mouth, baby. I live hand to fucking mouth, okay? And proud of it because I'm doing something I'm in the middle of something. I'm meant to live hand to mouth. I'm meant to be struggling right now. That's the part that makes it rich when you get, when you get later on down the track and your business is worth something. This is a part of the story that you get to brag about, you know? And I mean, shit, how's this for transparency? Yesterday, I had a fucking, you know, I had it in my diary to pay my bills because I get to this point where, you know, I see a little bit of money in my account. And I don't want to pay my bills because for the first time in so fucking long, I feel like a normal human being again. Like if I want to go out and buy some shoes, I probably could. If I want to go out and get another pair of those $20 shorts from Kmart, I can afford them today sort of thing. So I don't want to pay my bills because then I can't afford them. But yesterday, I, I bit the bullet. Hey, don't eat those. They're not for you. Keep chewing this thing up. Hello, yes. 
you know, yesterday, I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to pay all my bills and it is what it is. You know what I mean? And as I say in other podcasts, I don't worry about whether money's going to come to pay the bills. I worry about it on the day that I'm going to pay them, right? And yesterday was the day. So I pay my electricity bill. I pay my fucking, I pay a rego. I pay a transfer on the fucking Grom. I paid a speeding fine. I paid my phone bill. I paid something else as well. And I still had like a hundred and something bucks left over. I was like, that's sick. That's unreal. That's fucking crazy. What are you talking about? And then, and then the lady from, uh, from the place that, you know, wherever it was, she said, oh, you didn't pay for the second half of your invoice. And this is from ages ago. And I look, look it up. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay this out of my fucking PayPal account. I'm going to check if I have any money in there. Sure enough, I fucking pay that. So it didn't even come out of my account. You know what I mean? It came out of my PayPal account. And now I'm like sitting there realizing that like I've got all my bills paid and I still have enough money to go buy a pair, to go buy a pair of shoes or go get those shorts. So I'm obviously not going to do it because I've only got a hundred and something dollars left in my account. You know, I'm a fucking adult. I need to live. But... Then I got an email from Shopify saying that they're sending me out another batch of money. Dude, I'm not saying this like I'm bragging. I'm saying this because it fucking made me cry. I'm saying this because finally I'm at a point where I can say it's all been worth something. It's all been for a thing. And while, you know, Larissa has ultimate belief in me and my mum has faith in me beyond what you can imagine and my, you know, my really close friends, they know, the thing that fucking pen to paper situation is when the money's in your account and you can live. And yesterday... I lived and then got paid again. That's where I'm at. You know, I hope that gives some substance to every time I say, if you've got something you want to do, go fucking do it. Because it might have taken me six or seven months to be able to say this to you, but I'm saying it. You know what I mean? I'm fucking saying it. Anyway. I strangely feel like that's being received as me bragging. That's that's not at all what's going on. I'm just fucking excited that things are starting to happen for me, you know? It's awesome. Anyway, what I do want to talk about is a, uh, it's a little project that I've had in the works now for probably, I want to say, two or three months. And it's something that took a little while to get off the ground. But now it's, it's just about ready to be delivered so I can start talking about it. And I know what you're thinking. Jake, don't say anything unless you've done it because you have made a strict promise to us that you would never do it. You never talk about things you're doing. You only talk about things that are done. Well, this is 90% done and part of this is promotion. So shut the fuck up because I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. So Perth Outdoor Rollerblading, the people that I just mentioned before, the organizers of this uh, community uh, contacted me a little while ago after I put up a post on Instagram saying, who should I collab with first? Right. And they said, well, we would love to do a collab. I said, okay, how exactly does that work? How do I collab with a, uh, with the skating community. And and as you all know, I'm quite the rollerblader myself, a bit of a prestigious past in the skating community, being an inline speed skater and later a ice speed skater living in Head of Vane in, in uh, Holland for a year when I was 18. So of course, it's definitely on my agenda to do anything that I possibly can with the Perth Outdoor Rollerblading community because they they genuinely do, they're, they're, in, they're involved in something that I'm interested in. So it's an easy decision to make. And they said, we'd love to do a shirt together. We've done shirts before in the past and, you know, we've sold plenty of them and use that money to kind of put back into the Perth Outdoor Rollerblading Committee so we can, sorry, kitty, not committee, so that we can afford banners and stickers and, you know, other, you know, and like cones for people to, to, to do all the rest of it. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. 
So we came up with a bit of a brainstorm and like without going too much into the process of how it came about, here's what we came up with, right? We wanted to make a shirt that was more of an advertisement for skating than it was for our brands. Because this is the thing, when we collaborate, what do you do? You get the two brand names and you make them into a cool picture or something or what is it? You know, I didn't quite understand how this was going to be. But after we got talking, we came up with this like, let's make, let's make almost an advertisement for skating. Let's make this a promotion for the exercise of skating because you might not know, but skating's definitely on the up and up at the moment. Skating is so much cooler than what it was fucking, well, especially 10 years ago when I was in rollerblading, it was just like a bloody, you know, I got called, called gay and all the rest for, you know, wearing lycra and a skin suit and a helmet racing other people, which I don't know, even now thinking about it isn't that gay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if like the guys that were teasing me at school realize this, but Chicks like secretly like it when you've got a nice ass and thick legs and you're wearing lycra. You know what I mean? Like, how's that gay, dude? You can't pull off lycra. Is that's what gay about this? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You want me to put on a fucking skin suit and show you what, what this rig looks like? You don't want me to do that, bro. And you especially don't want me to do that if you're chicks here. You understand? Because trust me, dude. Trust me. Even if she's never brought it up with you, she is thinking about my ass. This thing's fucking ridiculous. This is a third of my body weight back here. I can't, dude, I actually can't stand up far enough to show you my ass right now because it's so heavy and gravity's pulling it to the ground. You understand? Enough about my ass. So I wanted to, so what we wanted to do is kind of bring in, we wanted to keep it fairly simple. We didn't want something that had, you know, realism and flashy fucking colors and shit everywhere. We want to keep it really simple, but also give it that just kind of cool vibe or like, yeah, go skate sort of thing. So that's exactly what we went with. We made like a promotional poster with the words go skate. I wanted some nice Perth kind of symbolism and, and like iconic things that you're gonna be like, oh yep, that's Perth. But I also wanted to make it a broad enough sort of image that it applies just to anyone who might enjoy skating. I mean, as I described it to um, one of the organizers earlier on in the day, let's make this something that's sellable to your community, my community, and anyone involved in the things that we're interested in. So it's not necessarily, doesn't mean you have to be a, uh, you know, a rollerblader, doesn't mean you have to be into black ink, it doesn't mean that you have to be into rollerblading or roller skating. You can just buy this as just like a cool tea. Oh, sorry, I got the buddy coffee hiccups. You can just buy it as a cool tea sort of thing. So we came up with, and man, it was such a fucking tedious process trying to find the right artist or slash designer for this because it just, honestly, like the first couple of people I was having uh, trouble kind of commute. And this is the thing, you need someone who kind of understands skating a little bit because I mean, the first two people, I was like, hey, uh, you know, so I want one person wearing rollerblades, one person wearing roller skates. And they're like, oh, what's the difference? It's like, hey man, fucking Google it. You know what I mean? Like if I have to tell you how to Google simple questions, then you're not the right person for the job. What's the difference between rollerblades and roller skates? Let me just, hang on, let me fucking clarify how stupid this is in my mind. It doesn't matter what industry you're talking about or what the fucking topic is. If there is, if you've given me terminology, right? If you have given me terminology that is within the fucking area of shit that I don't know about and I don't understand it, the first thing I do is find out what those words mean, right? I don't ask the person who told me them because then I look fucking stupid. I go on the internet and I Google like a normal fucking Gen Z person, right? That's what the fuck you're meant to do. I'm sorry I'm getting emotional about this, but I just feel like when the first question is, what's the difference between rollerblades and roller skates? Hey, you're not the person for the job. You're not going to do this for me. You know, because you're not even putting in the first bit of fucking effort, you know, and that's all good. Just get the fuck out of here, you know. So I get to the, I'm all good. I'm all good. Okay. 
So I find the right guy. As it turns out, he's actually someone who lives in Perth. Because, I mean, well, you've got the internet. You can literally get someone from fucking America to sign something that's based in Perth to, to deliver in Perth. It, it's so cool. But as it turns out, I found a graffiti artist in Perth. I don't want to go shouting him out just yet. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that later on when it's released sort of thing. But, um, yeah, basically I found this graffiti artist and... It was weird because I found I found him and like was I'm I'm a fan of looking at people who produce digital artwork because I think it's just fascinating. As you might know, I've taught myself how to use Photoshop and recently Illustrator. And now that I know how to use these things, I really love looking at artwork and reverse engineering them and seeing like how maybe they've put that together and like you know whether they've com- created something completely from scratch or whether they've used other elements and kind of built something up. I really love that process. So I found myself kind of stalking his page after, I think he might've gave me a follow or something. I was looking at his page and just out of the blue, he messaged me and I messaged back. I'm like, look, man, this is a fucking long shot, but I'm working on this project, filled him in on all the details. I said, is it something you're interested in taking on? And he's like, bro, I only do shit on Procreate. I don't even use Photoshop. Now, if you're unaware, Procreate is an app that you use on iPads. And typically this is what tattooists use. Now, not knocking any tattooists, but basically, this is the secret ingredient behind tattooing. I mean, yeah, you can defend that the actual art of applying the ink to the skin using a tattoo gun is a whole fucking thing of its own. But like any job, after day one, you get better at it. And after a while, you're just like, yeah, it is what it is. The hardest part of tattooing, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, which has been hanging out with tattooers since I was about fucking 17 years old, is figuring out what's going to look good ahead of time. Right, And back in the day, I've already gone off on a wild tangent on Procreate, but here we go. Back in the day, you used to fucking see something. I mean, a good artist would then draw it out, put it on fucking, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Stencil paper, apply that stencil, you know, line it, sorry, and then apply that those lines to stencil paper, put that stencil on your arm or whatever it's going. And if it was no good, you literally had to take that stencil over to the photocopier, increase it by 10% or increase it by 15%, whatever it might be, take it back, try again, you know, do some freehand and shit on there. Nah, man, nowadays you just fucking find something on Google, you bring it across to Procreate, you trace over the top of it, then you take a picture of the person and then you put it exactly on the person, say, is that kind of how you want it to look? Is that how you want it? Maybe you want it there, maybe you want to twist it a bit or turn it around or whatever it might be. Once it all looks good digitally, send it to the printer. The printer does it the about right size. You still have to, you know, scale it up and down using the photocopier maybe then you put it on and then you just literally redo what you just did on procreate with a tattoo gun but on someone's skin right anyway now you understand what procreate is let's move on and he said i only fucking use procreate i'm like dude it literally doesn't matter what you use i'm looking for a result okay so if you can give me a result that's all that matters he's like i'll give you a fucking result so I told him all the elements, all that I said, I want Perth symbolism. I want it to be simple. I want it to be an advertisement. I want it to have themes of their logo. I want to have themes of my logo. I want it to have an overall feel of kind of this thing. I want it to have like a retro feel. I only want three or four colors used. And he's like, just fucking shut the fuck up and let me make this for you. So he comes back with a basic like idea, hit him with about three or four major changes. He claps back with those changes. And he's like, what do you think? And it was bang on. He takes it back, neatens it all up, adjusts all the colors so they're just right, sends it through. This morning was the first time that I saw it done and dusted. And this thing's fucking beautiful. Now, what are we going to do with it? Great question. Let me answer you. Here it is. This weekend, we have the Halloween skate, which is hosted on the 30th of October, which is Saturday, of course. It starts at 5 p.m. out the front of the Optus Stadium. All skill levels are invited to join us. Make sure you wear your scariest Halloween costume because there are prizes for the scariest or the best or most creative or most out there costume. Uh, Black Ink is officially sponsoring the event along with a few other like skate shops and all the rest. And obviously these are, all the things that we sponsor are all prizes for 
people that dress the best. Last year was actually my first time skating without Perth Outdoor Rollerblading. So it's a little bit of an anniversary for me. It's a little bit special to me. And like obviously going from last year where I just kind of rocked up and had fun and didn't really, I mean, for the first like six or seven times I skated with these guys, I literally didn't talk to them because, and like, I still don't talk to a lot of them. Most of the time I'm so fucking stoned when I go skating that I don't have the ability to talk to people when I'm fucking negotiating in and out of cars and shit. So this is like, when I got asked if I wanted to sponsor the event, I couldn't say yes quick enough. You know, I couldn't say like, how much is it going to cost me? What do I need to give you? What, how do I get involved with this sort of thing? So when I, uh, when I kind of realized like, right, I'm sponsoring this event. Obviously, I'm going to be there for this event. Um, what can we do that's kind of special? And also, how the fuck do I get out of wearing a costume? Because it's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. I get dressing up as fun and all the rest. But like, I fucking barely like being in public places with a lot of people. Why the fuck would I want to dress up at the same time? And you go, oh, yeah, but you can hide behind a mask. Yeah, fuck you, dude. It's my fucking life. You know what I mean? So I thought today, you know, it's a fucking perfect date to release this shirt. So I've been putting everything into play. I'm just working around with the front graphic, which is at 50, 70, 80% of the way there. Once that's fucking honed in, I'm going to get a blank T, go down to my printer and say, chuck this on a shirt so I can see what it looks like. Then... Everything going well. The mock-up looks good digitally, so I know it's a, a tasty looking tea. What I want to do is get two of those to give away as gifts along with other shit that I'm going to take on the night. Um, I want to give two of those away, and I'm also going to be wearing one myself as I skate around. So two birds of one stone. I get to wear the shirt, promote it, and I also get to not wear a costume because your boy's smart, thinks with his brain, you know? Mm. So... I guess the news that I'm officially trying to announce is this collaborative tea that I'm doing with the Perth Outdoor Rollerblading is going to be officially available for sale on Saturday the 30th of 30th of October and furthermore I'm going to be wearing one on the night of the Halloween skate. So if you're coming to that make sure you keep an eye out for that tea. If you're trying to cop one for yourself there is no limit on these teas so it's not like you're going to miss out or anything but I mean it doesn't hurt to get in and fucking secure yourself one of these teas because as soon as those orders kind of die down just for the sake of not having too much clutter on my website i'm going to be pushing it to one side the link is still going to be available but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to find on my website to make room for all the new shit that i've got coming and you're probably wondering hey jake what new shit have you got coming yeah i got new shit coming trust me and uh also going back a conversation i fucking love watching incense start to burn hey I mean, what's going on there? Why doesn't it catch on fire? And then, like, what makes it stay alight once you fucking... Oh, dude, we live in a wild world. But anyway, going back to conversation, the hand-printed OPTs. I've had this thought in the back of my mind, you know, since I got started. I kind of... Obviously, the number on the inside of the shirt is a really good way of, like, symbolizing that you got one of the original tees. But I always want to do something just a little bit more. And I thought it was going to be like a handwritten note saying, you know, you officially have, you know, number one of 20, handmade by Jake Kerr on the 13th of October 2021 sort of thing. But it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel official enough. And also, that card's going to get thrown out because... You know, as much as I love writing these cards for people and all the rest, I expect you to throw them out once you've read them. Don't keep them, okay? They're nothing that you need to attach sentimental value to. The card was for the moment. It wasn't for life. It was so when you open up your, your bag, you're like, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Jake. Or thank you, Black Ink. Or not even thank you. Maybe just that's nice. You know, fucking, as long as you got a that's nice out of it. And then you put the card in the bin. Then you move on. 
okay? And then you talk about it later on with your friends. You say, yeah, you even wrote a card. And they're like, oh, can you show me the card? You're like, no, I'm a fucking adult and I threw it out because I don't collect everything that comes in the mail. You know what I mean? Because you shouldn't. You shouldn't even collect Christmas cards. Unless your nana hand makes every card that she sends to you, birthday, Christmas, Easter, all the rest, you don't keep that card. Even if it's got a beautiful message inside, you remember the feeling that it gave you, you take that feeling and you lock it away in a room in the back of your head so when you're single, lonely, and depressed and you're 55 years of age one day in the future, you get to hold on to that feeling that you once had. But the card itself, my friend, you throw it out. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Hey, where'd that card go? I don't know. I threw it out because I'm an adult. That's what you do. Getting back to the point. So I wanted to do something that's a little bit nicer than a handwritten card that is iconic of the fact that someone got like a, you know, one of these teas. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll make a set, uh, start again. So you know what I thought I would do? I would make a certificate of authenticity, right? And you're probably wondering, do you have one uh, as example? Yes, I do, it is right here. And as you can see, the certificate of authenticity, which is lacking the black ink logo or even the words black ink on it all, it has a black ink watermark, as you can see, you got the coffee shakes, that's awesome. So. So certificate of authenticity, the OPT hand printed, and you've got, you know, number such and such out of 20. Now, obviously, I've been a bit of a silly boy and written 69, but then, you know, say if you've got number one or number two, whatever it is, I just fill in the number and then I put the date that it was produced down this corner here. And then I sign down here with my signature. But instead, because this isn't an official certificate of authenticity, I don't want to make this a legal document and sign it. So I thought instead I would draw a comical set of hand-drawn boobies, which... You know, I think they turned out pretty well, but to each their own sort of thing. So inside of each of the, uh, you know, the brown paper bags that have these orders going out, they have one of these, which means that you can wear your shirt to absolute death. And even if it turns into a bloody rag that gets ripped up into 40 different pieces, you'll always have the certificate saying that you had one of the official first fucking hand printed shirts of black ink. So how fun is that? I'm actually... That's like one of those things where I'm kind of like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like if I was going to run a, a clothing business and things happen the way that they've happened, that's the sort of thing that I would like to do. And if I didn't do that, that would be something later on that I wish like, fuck, I, I wish I had to put in just a little bit more effort. You know what I mean? And like, while this is, this is nothing, this is nothing. But I feel like if I received this with, with one of those first hand printed shirts that I ordered from the business that I've been tracking them get to the stage where they own a screen printer and all the rest, this is kind of symbolic of my connection with that business. This is fun. This is exciting. There's a little bit of value that I can add to the customer. You know what I mean? How fun. How fun. Anyway, I'm fucking, I'm out of breath. I got a little bit of a headache from talking so much. I think I've covered everything that I wanted to talk about. I, uh, I hope I haven't stepped on anyone's feet or hurt anyone's feelings. I just, uh, I just get fucking passionate about what I'm talking about, dude. I just, I, I love getting super involved with my thoughts and you know, just like, Man, just the way I talk about black ink as well, man. Like, I appreciate that I don't know what black ink is. I don't know what the podcast is. All I know is that I'm doing the damn thing every day. And it renders me just enough bloody return that I can continue to do it for one more day. I have that every day, you know. So I think, uh, you know, if I can finish on anything, it's this thought. When I started this podcast, and this became really, really obvious to me when I watched back episode three the other day, I realized, like, wow, I had nothing to talk about. I didn't know how to talk about it and I was fucking trying to drag it out for as long as possible so that it looked like I had any sort of fucking idea. The difference between now and then is only confidence. I still don't have any idea what to talk about and I still don't know how to talk about it but I do know that with enough of these repetitions, I'll get closer and closer and closer to that end goal. 
So even if you're not quite sure on the thing that you want to do, what it looks like in the future, or ideally what you want it to be at the end of the day, you don't need to know because it's only the start of the day. So just get going. And whatever that means to you, whether it means writing down your ideas or whether it means calling your boss and calling them a fuckhead, or maybe it means calling your mum and telling her your ideas and seeing how she feels about it. Just do something. Do something. Because as I said earlier in this podcast, I had a hundred and something dollars left over after I paid all my bills. Bitch, I'm free. Don't you want to be free? Huh? Anyway. Oh, 44 minutes and 18 seconds, motherfuckers. So... I need you to be good to your mother. I need you to like and subscribe this shit on YouTube. Jump on my Instagrams. Oh, and also I'm finding that heaps of people are getting onto my podcast through the fucking small clips that I post every morning on the BX podcast page on Instagram. I didn't know that. I've been kind of getting slack with it. And then I had two friends in one day say, hey man, you know that like those little fucking 30 second clips you post, I can't help but go and watch the whole episode after I watch that 30 second clip because I want to know how you got to that point. That's fucking awesome. So you can be expecting at least one of those every day until the day I fucking die. You understand? Because I want everybody listening to this podcast because even though I don't know what I'm talking about, I want you to fucking listen. And on that note, I'm fucking out. Yeah!